becoming aware of your core values. I feel like a lot of people don't even know, but when you bring attention to your core values and your life starts to trickle through those and life can become easier. Like mine are freedom, happiness, love. So hippie dippy of me. But like, I'll ask myself, does this bring me freedom, happiness, love? Does it give freedom, happiness, love? And if it doesn't, no, we're not doing it. So like those at the top of my mind, at the top of my pyramid, like that it just really fil filters my life. So just becoming aware of like your core values and making that they're just, they just become like how you live. And I feel like you'll start to attract people with other aligning values. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on someone who in my eyes is living their most authentic life. Our guest today is from El Dorado, Arkansas. She was a contestant on cycle 22 of America's Next Top Model. She's worked in the modeling world. She had a full-time job with Bev, and now she's back to working in the influencer space as well as acting. She's the co-host of Oh, Here We Go podcast, a podcast about all the conversations you didn't know you wanted to have. She's always grooving. Today on the podcast, Lacey <laughs> Rogers. I'm literally grinning ear to ear right now. Why is that? I don't know. I'm that's just you. so that's, flattered. That's you. You're, you've been crushing it for a long time. I had no idea what you were about to bring up. And it's just so cute that you have this like printed out. And because I don't do this for my podcast. This is so prepared. Yeah. I, you know what's interesting? I didn't. So I've been I've, I've been in the, the podcast game for uh, quite some time now. I didn't start printing like the notes until probably... I'd say like a month and a half ago. Hmm. So for the longest time, it's like this awkward thing where I'm like looking at you and then I'm like looking at my mm. laptop and it just doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. And then all of a sudden, like there'll be a glare on the screen. I'm yeah. like trying to listen to you and I'm like, fuck, what is that? What does it say? Is on my screen? I can't read it. But then I realized, go back to the OG of a piece of paper and then I'm I good guess, to go. I guess I do it more OG than you. I'm going to one-up you, go you the, here. You go on the cuff. I, I, I handwrite my notes. Oh, so I have oh, a notebook yeah. in front of me. Oh. oh. You're another level. <laughs> the problem is my shit would look like chicken scratch. I would literally just be like, I don't even know what I wrote. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to type it. Well, I commend you. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, as I told you when I hit you up about doing this podcast, there is one thing about you that is so clear to me. And you are unapologetically, very authentically yourself, which is like the immediate sign of, oh, I need to talk to this person. This person needs to be on the podcast because that is what this show is about. It's about putting the spotlight on people like you who I know, I know uh, what I'm seeing today has been a path of you becoming this person. But um, I think it's so important for people to hear people like you speak because you wake up every day and you are yourself unapologetically. And I absolutely love that. Wow. That means so much to me. Like I, I don't know. That just really touched me. Um, so thank you so much. When you messaged me that I was like, wow. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't think like that. I don't see myself that way, but it's crazy when people bring it to my attention that they do see me like that. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I think it's cause you get, you, so, you get so used to the rhythm of just, this is you just living your mm -hmm. life and you're probably surrounded by a lot of people who have similar mindsets and similar, like I would say belief in themselves of whatever yeah. they do that 
it becomes normalized, which yeah. is great. It's a good thing to become normalized. But sometimes even myself, I have to pull myself out of here, especially living in LA, as you mm -hmm. know, it's like the glitz, the glamour, the house in the hills, the cars. Mm -hmm. It's like so easy to get lost in that. And then I have to remind myself like, where was I and who was it just like three years ago? Mm. And then I'm like, wait, you look at all the growth you've had and look at where you're going. Keep fucking going, but don't get caught up in yeah. all the other things of this that this beautiful city has to offer. So I think that's just what happens. It's just you're so used to walking to the beat of your own drum that you wouldn't have it any other way. But as we know, that that hasn't always, I would say, been right. the story. So. Yeah. It's great to see, and I, and I absolutely love to see it when, when people have that within them. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of motherfucking bullshit. <laughs> a lot of motherfucking bullshit. <laughs> Where do we even start? Um, we have so much to cover today. But yeah, like you mentioned, um, I think community. It took me years to find um, a good crew and my core friends that had um, the same core values as me, that aligned with me, and I'm truly so thankful to have, like, I think it's a good four, mm. maybe two. I don't know. I have like a handful of people. If it's four, put me on the starting five. We got it. We got a yeah. whole team now. And it, it just really helps like having people that also prioritize themselves and their self growth mm. um, that aren't caught up in the bullshit, that aren't caught up in the ego. Mm. Like that's so powerful. Mm. Yeah. How long have you been in LA since 2015? Was that right after uh america's next time model yeah so you're you've been almost here six years then yeah six years this summer quick six years or what quick six years yeah i mean it's crazy because um i moved out here right after i graduated high school um like literally two weeks after mm. i was 18 i knew nobody and looking back i view 18 year olds as like children mm -hmm. and i'm like how the fuck did i do that <laughs> like truly i had my own little studio in brentwood um i was going to community college out here i was modeling and because i moved out here to be a model it was very like model like i'm gonna be a model <laughs> i looked different i was skinny as fuck like i had i was pale i had dark hair like it was so dark and yeah. straight with bangs like very european looking um how did i get on this topic <laughs> Six years in LA. Yeah, like six when you first years got here to, to here to at least where you are now. Yeah. Um, so now being 24, I've just, I feel like I've gone through so many phases. Mm. And I, it's just part of growing up, especially like in your 20s uh, and in a, a big city. I have seen myself change for the better. And I love the person that I'm becoming, but it's crazy to look back on because I have, be I've been so many different people, it feels like. Yeah. You've gone through different seasons of your life. Yeah. But even at 24, I would say you seem to be very mature for your age. Like you, you, um, I, I thought you were much older than that. Like if mm. you told me you were 28, <laughs> 30, I would, I, I wouldn't even flinch. But yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But that's solely based on your personality. I was like, yeah, she's gotta be, she's definitely older. But when I found out you were 24, I was like, she's way ahead of her the average 24 year old like mindset i think for the most part and it, i would imagine that probably stems to you moving out here when you're 18 mm. that just forces you to live yeah a lot quicker like most kids at 18 majority are going into college right. so they're living four years of the sorority play time yeah 22 they actually have to like start living on their own so i would imagine that it's just allowed you to fast forward those years while the majority of us like myself you do four years in college and then you're like oh 
I'm 22. I need to start growing up. Yeah. I need to be a big boy. I got thrown into the dog pound. Like truly, <laughs> I, I remember like being so lonely when I first moved here because I would see so many like Instagram stories or Snapchat stories of my friends from back home, like mm. uh, being surrounded by people and partying. And I was alone. Like I, it was so hard for me to make friends out here. It took literal years yeah. of, um, because I was thrown into this modeling industry and the influencer world all at once. From Willingly or was like the whole... America's Next Top Model. Yeah, like, but was that... And that was something I definitely wanted to hit on today. Was like, was modeling always on the radar or did that kind of just naturally... Did that opportunity just fall on your lap? And you're like, yeah, why not go for this? Like, it's probably every teenage girl's dream to be on that show. Um. Okay, yeah. Let's Let's go to the origin story. Bring it back. Okay, so I think growing up, I was always pretty insecure, and um, that's something that I'm still aware of today. Um, like are of my insecurities, and I mean they've definitely gotten a lot better, and I've healed a lot of wounds. But I've always been pretty insecure, and when I was in high school, um, I started taking photos with one of my good friends. He was actually like my elementary school boyfriend mm. and we loved it i had no idea the term creative director was a job title i had mm. no idea and so we started taking pictures together and he i remember the first day he asked me he was like lacy like you have great photos on your instagram i'm trying to start a photography business in our town like do you want to like team up and do this and so it everybody loved the photos and so i pretty much got my modeling practice from him and just reviewing the photos i would drive around my town it was a town of eighteen thousand people it was a tiny country town and i would get inspired by locations i would get inspired by outfits and i would basically creative direct a photo shoot and go shoot it with him and nobody understood it like my dad did not understand why I wasn't going to the football game, but I was going to go shoot somewhere. Wow. Yeah. So different. Yeah. He had no idea and like wasn't really supportive of it. Was like, you need to figure out a real job. Like you need to go figure out. And, like, <laughs> the story of every dreamer. Yeah. Like that gets told that you need to go find like a real job or you need to figure out something that's more. Right. Fulfill or that's going to actually be a career. Yeah. Um, the girls in my school, I was pretty disconnected my senior year of high school. Uh, I mean, pretty checked out. Like I, I don't know. I was pretty sad. I was struggling with an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And so that, that kind of behavior is dismissive in itself. My sisters have went off to college. My parents were divorced. Like I was, I was just ready to be gone. Mm -hmm. And so all I did, I poured my, my heart into my, a modeling career and I started modeling around, um, Arkansas, which is like a tiny market. And I just started saying yes to every opportunity because mm. uh, I, at 17 years old, I was like, say yes, because doors open doors. And I was just saying yes to every photo shoot, even if it was for free, because I knew I would meet someone mm. and then they would see me and then it would just be a domino effect. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's kind of how I got my, my practice, I guess, and, and got my toes wet mm -hmm. in the modeling industry. And, I was about to turn 18 and I grew up watching America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Like the reruns on Oxygen. Like I grew up binge watching that show on Saturdays with my sister and I had stopped watching it for a couple of years. And when I started modeling, I wanted to watch it. I was like, I haven't seen that in a couple of years. So I, it was on Hulu, which streaming was still like newer Very at that new. point. Yeah. 
2014. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just watching the most recent cycle being like, I could do a better job. Like, what the fuck is this? Mm. And so I started researching and I didn't see anything about casting. I was like, maybe the show is canceled. Like, maybe, I don't know. So I followed uh, Tyra Banks and maybe a couple other people, uh, like the the judges on Instagram. And a week later, Tyra posted an Instagram picture saying she was casting for Cycle 22. And I remember going to some of my modeling photos on my Instagram and hashtagging. They said to be noticed by casting directors, hashtag not too tall, not too short on your photos to be noticed. So I went to some of my modeling photos and within five minutes, two casting directors reached out to me. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, And it was crazy because that that was when the algorithm was like actually worked. Yeah. And so I couldn't even find my photo. I would click on the hashtag and I'd be like, fuck, like. Too many. Yeah. I was like, I can't even, where'd it go? Yeah. Um, So basically that was November of 2014. I went through the whole casting process for a couple of months without telling anybody. I wasn't close to anybody in high school at that point. Uh, the people who did know, like my family, um, my best friend, they all had to sign NDAs. Yeah. It's a real deal. Yeah. So I, I couldn't tell anybody. And I was so... While you're sh- going through the process, not even guaranteed to be on the show. Yeah. And it was like this huge secret because like I had been bullied. Uh, people were like making fun of me for modeling. Uh, people would call me Crimson Chin because of my jawline. Like I was called Fugly Slut. Like... I I just, I was so over it. And so, I mean, I have this huge secret. Like, I'm about to be on a fucking TV show, motherfuckers. (laughs) Like, bitches. Um, Like, of course I wanted to scream that. Um, And so... Luckily, I got the call actually at lunch when I was at high school. Wait, now what? When your senior year is this happening? Is this like the fall? Is this like midway through senior year? It was the fall, November senior year. Wow! And it went on for a couple months till I left in March to go film. Oh, so you're in communication for four months. Mm -hmm. It was a long casting like process. Wow! Yeah. Um, and I had to get permission from the superintendent of the school district to go because I was going to be missing, uh, exams, like your senior exams. Mm. But luckily I had enough credits to graduate and he had to sign an NDA and he was like, you're a good girl. Go represent Arkansas. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so the day people got let out for spring break was my last day and I went to go film. And when you're filming, for two, two and a half months, you have no outside communication, no phone, no internet, no nothing. So I, I literally just disappeared. Can't talk to parents, family at all? I think once a week you can have a phone call back, but like to all my classmates, like where the fuck did Lacey go? So even if somebody gets, I, don't, I actually don't know how that show works. I remember my sister watching it growing up, but if you get kicked off the show or whatever, do you just like, you just have to chill while it's still being filmed essentially? Yeah, so basically if you get eliminated, you quote, go home. But now, because uh, there's so many, like, fan pages or, uh, like, stands or whatever it may be, like, <clears throat> they there's people that figure out who the cast is while they're filming mm-hmm. and people who are trying to, like, leak stuff. So if you get eliminated, you go home is what the show says, but you actually just get sent to hotel until filming is wrapped. And you're just chilling. Yeah, because some of the some of the things, um, some of the episodes, some of the shoots are in public. Yeah. So even if say there's only like four contestants left, they'll bring the other 
like 15 contestants if we're in public to make it look like nobody's part of it yeah wow yeah so like we'll very it, layered yeah it's so crazy like how production works but i just remember I, I haven't even thought about this in a while but like the ones that were still in the game and then right next to us all the ones who had basically lost <laughs> oh and there was god. this weird tension but they're just literally cut out of the frame oh my god yeah Let's take a second to the hashtag, not too tall, not too short. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up, no? Yeah. Well, see, the whole modeling industry, Shot. Uh, we can talk about this because I have seen it change so much within my six years. Um, so that was on the brink. Like you had to be 5'9 to be a model. You had to have these measurements. No higher, no below. Yeah. I mean, you could be taller, obviously, but 5'9 was it. And so... And that, that used to be a show, one of the show's requirements. But if you were to walk into any modeling agency back in the day, you had to have that height for the most part. And so Tyra, her whole show is basically based off of breaking beauty standards. Mm. And so she wanted this cycle to be not too tall, not too short. So oh, I see. Okay. anybody could. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Wow. Yeah, that's a different... Uh... The whole world of modeling just blows my mind just thinking about uh, at least where it was. And I think it's probably changed a lot in the last couple of years just because of everything that's happening in the world and mm-hmm. people are being more woke. But talk to me about, um, you kind of mentioned it, but your junior year is when you went through this eating disorder, which mm. I, I would imagine, uh, you know, looking back on it now, it's, um, you probably, I, I actually don't know, but I'm assuming you probably like think like, how did, you know, how did I ever allow that to happen? Mm-hmm. But I'm at the time, at least from what I had read and saw online was like, it felt like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what put you in that? I know you had mentioned like there was bullying and there was shaming and all this other bullshit that is so typical in, in high school, but it's just, I don't, I don't know why people do it, but um, what got you to this place where you felt like you had to literally stop eating? I think it was a gradual obsession of control. Like, I think it, it's definitely like a, a control thing. A lot of people think it's like, go eat something, but it's it's very much like mental, mm. I think. And so how it started was, I think I just wanted, I would, I remember that summer walking past the mirror and being like, I don't really like what I see. And I wanted to change that. And so I started losing weight and Growing up, I never got attention from any guys. And that, I didn't really care, but I was always taller. Um, I was told that I was too intimidating. And actually, that's something that I figured out this week. This person, this bubbly personality, sometimes I'll go up an octave in my voice. I think I have, I learned to do that to make myself seem less intimidating because I had to. Mm. Because Why? It, because it, because the bubbly voice means it's very you're very welcoming, like very very cutesy, very mm. nice, like very like it's it's easier to talk to instead mm. of this powerful voice. And I I realized that this week that I was like, whoa, I learned that to like make myself seem less intimidating. Interesting. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, um, so I started losing a couple pounds, and I, I it was almost. I got, I started getting compliments and I hate that. Oh my God, you're so skinny. Like, oh my God, you're so skinny. That's a compliment. And I'm like, that's fucked up. Like I was fucked up to tell some, like make associate skinny with a compliment, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it was just something that happened in my brain that the correlation of like, oh, the skinnier I'll get, the more more attention I get. And then the, the modeling 
aspect came into it. It was like the skinnier I'll get, the more successful I'll be. Mm. And from the modeling side of things, it was always, even when I moved out to LA, like lose two inches. You're like hips, your butt. It's like you need to lose two inches. I was told eat fruit for just a month to like lose weight. Yeah. So just like a toxic cycle. But in high school, it was because people like thought I looked so good. And those compliments truly fed that. Mm. And also at the time, I think there was a lot of things out of my control with my parents' divorce, um, my dad remarrying, she, her moving into the house. I love my stepmom like so much, but a lot of change. My sisters move out, went to college. Um, how, many, how many sisters? Two. They're twins. Oh, wow. Yeah. So both of them left. My mom uh, not being in my life anymore, her remarrying. There was just so much change. And then the one thing that I actually had control of was what I ate and how much I weighed. Hmm. Yeah. So that's when you got dialed in on it and you're just like, all right, I'm not yeah. going to I'm going to get smaller. I'm going to get more compliments from it. It was like this drive because <clears throat> I felt like nobody understood me and nobody understood my creativity. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of like arguments with my dad regarding modeling. And so it just fueled this fire to be like, I'm going to be successful and prove all of you wrong. Mm. And part of that because the modeling industry is so rough and all these girls that bullied me, I was like, fuck all of you. Like <laughs> I'm going to make it. And yeah. And it was just this drive I had. Yeah. And, uh, it, it took years to break because it's a complete mental fuck. Mm. Like, uh, I don't know. I think when I moved out here, my body, when I decided to start eating like a normal person again, my body wasn't used to it. And so I was like gaining all this weight in weird places and I was like killing myself at the gym and I could not understand like, what the fuck? I'm like eating like a normal person, but like, it doesn't look right. And it was because for so long, like my body was in starvation mode. Um, and so it was just latching on to everything it could once it, I was actually feeding it. So it took years to like, kind of get that like under control. But I mean, I was obsessed with counting calories. That was an obsession that I had to, had to break. Mm -hmm. Like for years I wouldn't, and still I don't. I'm like, I'm not going to look at how many calories is in that. Good for you. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I threw away my scale a couple years ago. I have no idea how much I weigh. Like that's a boundary that that's great. I created with myself. Even at the doctor, I'm like, nope, don't, 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 don't tell, even me. tell me. Don't look. I'll just guess. But it doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's really just about how do you actually feel. Right. You but know? it took, it was, I'm just like, my relationship with food for so long was so bad. And Honestly, I've been living with my current roommate for three years. Her moving in with me, like beautiful body. Like she just naturally is fit. And I saw how her relationship with food was. And it was like a normal, healthy person. And mm. I was like, whoa, like, oh, like I can do that. I can eat that. And it's okay. Mm. So I really learned so much through her subconsciously. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah it's, so, it's so like fucked up. Like for women it's about oh you're so skinny and mm -hmm. then for guys it's like oh you're so big like you have, yeah your muscles are so big it's like total opposite ends of spectrum but yeah and if you're not if you're not trying to achieve one or the other depending on if you're male or female it's like yeah you're you're not doing what everyone else is supposed to be doing for that gender or whatever but yeah i, I really tried to limit my um i don't know i just like I'm just conscious of the way I word things, especially when it comes to compliments, because like, oh my God, you're so big. Mm. Like that, that can be a mind fuck. Like, oh my God, you're so skinny. Like, yeah. 
just hey like oh my god you're so beautiful yeah like yeah it's crazy what um like and you've mentioned it so many times in in videos about like the you know growing up in the bible belt of arkansas <laughs> like what are what are some of like especially now you've had so much time living in la when you when you grow up no matter where you grow up, it's all you know. So it's just normalized to mm -hmm. you. It's not until you leave and move other places that you're like, oh, mm -hmm. this is how we did. That's how we did in my hometown. Like these are the these are the values I was taught. This is the way I was raised. It's not until you get out of it that you can like look back from a like a um, reflective point of view yeah. of like, oh, that's not how the rest of the world is. Are there any like certain things that as the years have gone, you've been out of L you've been in LA for so long that you just like you know this was only just because you grew up in Arkansas. Like mm -hmm. what, what are those values or what are those those lessons that taught that you were taught? Yeah, so I was raised very Christian, mm. uh, was at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. My wow. summers consisted, I was, the whole summer I was gone at summer camps and I loved them. I loved being gone. Like When I, you say gone, what do you mean? Like I went to so many different summer camps and they were all Christian based. That Okay, that's what I was getting. Yeah. So all Christian based summer camps. Yeah. And I loved it. Mm. Um, I really did. But I mean, growing up, I just remember like, you know, praying and like kind of eyeing people and in worship, everybody's like raising their hand, like really into it being like, why don't I feel this way? Like almost envious of like, why do they feel so connected? So and I'm like, where the fuck am I? Like, I'm like <laughs> every time they would be like, if you need to let God into your heart right now, like raise your hand, come on down. I would say that prayer every time <laughs> yeah sounds like a commercial for like a local fucking uh furniture store come company. on down <laughs> and because i like truly feared hell oh my god like one thing i do not like about christianity or religion in general is fear-based it's fear-based and i just don't believe in that shit mm. um but i was so scared of hell growing up and not being good enough christian i will say um i love the person i am today, today. And I think partially maybe it was because the way that those it was raised, because I think some of the Bible's teachings is really just how to be a good person and how to love and Disci how to accept others. Yes. I think it's like dis I think religion in general just disciplines right. values to live by. Yeah. To give you a playbook on how to live your life. Yeah, so it's a it's a good book. Like there are some good <laughs> teachings in it. But I think uh I mean, humans are flawed and totally when you give some a human power over people, I just think, I don't know, I really don't trust the church. Mm. Um, I mean, I have my like own spiritual spirituality and relationship with a higher power. I just don't, I don't really, anyways. Yeah. Um, so I remember grow, like growing up being this one way, like very closed-minded, very conservative, just because it was like how my parents raised me to be, how my parents believed, how my parents talked. And when I moved out here into this, melting pot of so much opportunity and culture and perspectives I that I had never been around before like truly I remember moving out here so many people asking me like where are you from I'd be like Arkansas and they'd be like, they'd be like no like where are you really from like your heritage and I was like I have no idea and they're like you don't know and I was like no like in Arkansas you're you are your skin color and that's it like wow. you're white you're black you're Hispanic like you don't know where you came from I mean some might but like wherever the fuck I was, we were just white. <laughs> like, wow. I've never even thought about that. That's a whole different like perspective. Yeah. I grew up in Massachusetts. It's very, I mean, it, it, there's more, they, yeah, layer, they go layers. Like, are you Irish? Are you Polish? Are you mm. Ukrainian? Are you Russian? Like 
very layered. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I took a test eventually because everybody kept asking me. I was like, God damn, I don't know. They're like, are you Russian? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm, I'm truly just European. So Great. just just white yeah. <laughs> for everybody that's waiting she's I wish, european i wish i had something cool in me <laughs> um but I, I remember being in my studio apartment and i started asking questions i think i was 18 19 still i'm still pretty like naive and conservative um but i started asking questions that i had never asked myself before because i just grew up believing whatever the fuck i was told to believe like i didn't ask why um i mean i did about some things but when I moved out here and I was living by myself for the first time, I started asking these questions and being like, hmm, like challenging my beliefs. And so I started looking into all these religions and I was like, hmm, these are all like really similar, just tweaked a little bit. And so back then I formed the opinion that it seems to me like people set took a good set of rules, tweaked them a little bit to get money and power over people and that's like how all these different religions formed mm. um now i just don't give a fuck to care <laughs> like mm-hmm. well, i don't care that much but um yeah i there was this phase and one of my my co-hosts stephanie parsley uh from oh here we go our podcast we've been friends for about six years um we started shooting together we had a model photographer relationship and she was really the person that opened my eyes to a lot because she's also six years older than me. Mm. Um, and at the time when we got really close, I wasn't close to my family at all, like at all. And she really took the role of this mother, best friend, um, like mentor almost, and would just listen to me ask questions and like answer them. And so I just remember my, my mind, like just truly opening up to perspectives that I had never thought about before. Mm. Um, yeah. Was it difficult? Was it was it um, difficult to break to your parents that you just didn't necessarily follow these guidelines anymore? Being Christian. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know when. Okay. So I remember just like challenging my parents, like asking all of these questions mm. of like why I didn't think the like Bible and timeline and whatever it may be. Like I was like, why doesn't this align? And then challenging their almost political beliefs with their religious beliefs and being like, what the fuck? Like, this doesn't make (laughs) sense. Um, But to be honest, a lot of my life and what really, really had a huge impact on my beliefs and how I view the world and who I am today was psychedelics and plant medicine. Mm. Yeah. Um, And that whole phase of my life in 2017 was hard. It was beautiful for me because I had okay there's there's two things so personally at this time of my life when I tripped for the first time I feel like my my heart was just open to things that it had never been open to before and I was just seeing so many different perspectives that I had never seen before like I just felt filled with love and I had this connection to the earth and other people and what really fucking mattered and I had never thought or felt this way before and I just felt like I was on cloud nine Mm. that like summer of 2017 was on a trip for the first time and it was just so magical like truly I was like vibrating at such a high frequency like it was insane what was it magic mushrooms or my first time tripping was on LSD whoa yeah two hits of LSD one time (laughs) 
insane. Like, mm. so I mentioned at the, at the, like, I don't know how many minutes ago <laughs> about um, being scared of hell. My, the first day I tripped, we, I was with Stephanie and my roommate, Allison, actually, we were by the river in Arkansas and I, I'm, I didn't, I've never really like liked weed either. Um, cause I like being in control of my set and setting environment. Like I like being in control of my body. Um, not a huge, like I've never been like really fucked up either on alcohol. So I was You're really not missing much. Yeah. <laughs> I was really scared cause LSD is also known as acid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this shit's gnarly. I was like, acid? Like, <laughs> am I gonna, are you, are you gonna like make me brain dead? Like, are you gonna fry my brain? <laughs> Um, but at that time, like I had been asking all of these progressive questions and Stephanie had been tripping for about a year now. And I think she just saw the growth in me and like where my head was. And she was like, you come on, like you please. And so we ended up tripping together. And I remember laying there on the grass, seeing the trees breathe and the clouds breathe. Everything has movement. Everything has energy. And feeling like I'm truly like in like one with the grass Mm. and listening to music. I have never heard music sound so dimensional before ever in my fucking life. I mean, when I'm on psychedelics, I do. But that was the first time I was like, what am I hearing? Like Mm. your senses are heightened. Mm. And I remember standing up and it, it, nature was just so beautiful. I was like, whoa, like this is where we live and we were out in nature somewhere and we're going back into the city, like slowly going from this beautiful nature place and coming back into the city and the, like the buildings and the power lines. And I just remember like thinking, wow, we have really destroyed this planet. Mm. And it made me so sad. I was like, what have we done? And I'm sitting in the back seat. Music sounds insane. I feel like I'm in a little rocket ship. <laughs> and um, that was the first time I accepted death. Because I'm sitting back there and I'm like, we could crash this car right now. And I had the thought, I was like, if I am supposed to go right now, it's meant to be. I've ser- I've lived a good life. I've served my purpose and it's time for me to go home. Mm. I've never had that thought before, but I was like, if I'm meant to go, it's my time to go home. Oof. Yeah, home. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a beautiful mind. I don't want to call it a mindset, but it is a mindset when you you accept and you just let go. Mm-hmm. It's something that is inevitable that you cannot control and that if you spend your entire life f- stressing and thinking about it, you're never you're never going to be able to outrun death. Yeah. So therefore it's like accept it, make smart decisions. I'm not saying like go jump in front of cars and and know and and think you're just going to like live or like jump mm-hmm. out of planes like do the things you want to do but keep that I, I i challenge myself to let that be the fuel in the mm. fire actually literally it's funny we're talking about death because before you got here i posted a a fire ig pic from ah. content from a content piece mm. but the caption was about that it's similar to what we talked about earlier of like i think we both wake up every single day we unapologetically authentically mm-hmm. do the things we want to do because we accept and understand that at some point this this shit's gonna end this yeah. whole experience is going to end we're going to die move on to whatever that next phase looks like but when you accept it that it's un- it's inevitable and you can't control it mm-hmm. you learn to just let go and you actually get to just begin living yeah. the truest life because you know you have nothing to lose and you have everything to gain yeah i mean along with psychedelics and just me doing them over the years um it's so therapeutic for me and 
LSD, magic mushrooms, uh, psilocybin, MDMA. They're all heart you openers. You try them all. Yeah. They're all heart openers. And it really does break down your ego. And mm. I feel like that has helped me so much uh, on my journey of authenticity and like living who I want to be because like your ego truly is a protective mechanism. Like your ego will never go away. Like if you uh, like in if you're tripping or whatever, like the term ego death is such a big thing. Mm. Your ego will never go away because it's there to protect you. Um, But it truly does bring you back to your inner child, like almost like Mm. what does your inner child need? Like what is like little Lacey need? Not like this bullshit, like not basically like I feel like over time, like little kids are so pure and they're so loving and they're so giving and they're creative and they're outgoing and they're adventurous. They're create courageous and they're creative. Like all the things like little kids are the magic and Mm. we have the little kid in us, but life is fucking hard. This like world is hard and we get hurt. And so I just feel like your ego are all these layers of protected, like, Oh, that hurt. Like, let me like put this bandaid on like, Oh, that hurt. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be playful like that anymore. Like, oh, I just got made fun of. So that's your ego. And so these plant medicines or these practices like strip all of that down and bring you back to you. Mm. Um, so that has really helped. Um, but yeah, I think wh- when you were talking, like the word purpose kind of like triggered in, in my head because I used to be like really big. I think purpose is like a huge word in L.A., like, what is your purpose? Like, yeah. why are you here? Like, yeah. what are you doing? And that's great. Like, we need purpose to, like, give us motivation to, like, Which is keep, really hard to going. find, too. Yeah, to it's find so hard to find. It's very difficult, and it, it gets very intimidating if you're, if somebody's, if I ask you what's your purpose and you don't know what yeah. it is, it's like. You feel lost. Yeah, you feel lost. You start yeah. getting anxious. It can, it can, if you don't right. approach it correctly, it can really screw with someone's head. Yeah, so at this time of my life, purpose was so big for me, because uh, soon after I fell into a pretty big depression where I didn't feel like I had a purpose. Uh, And I thought it was to help people. And I still feel that's true because we all help each other. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to help people. And then not until more recently, I feel like saying like, I want to help people almost puts me on a pedestal. Like, you know what I mean? It puts someone below me like they need help. Like I need to help them. Mm. And um, so now I feel like my purpose truly is to just be like I feel um, the word experience has been so prevalent in my life recently like Mm. I truly feel like we are here to experience and to love yeah and that's it yeah like I mean there's so many things that we can dip our toes in and like like try out and experience and help whatever the fuck but like experience and to love and to just be like there's no like I have to find my purpose and like, (laughs) then I will be fulfilled. Like, but what if you're just, what if you're just Lacey? Yeah. Like no title, no bullshit. Like not Lacey, the model, the creator, like whatever the fuck else I do. I'm just Lacey. Yeah. But that in of itself is helping people. Um, And it doesn't make you, it doesn't, it doesn't like I very much, there's a lot of layers to my purpose and why I do Mm -hmm. what I do. And the aspect of helping people, I, don't look at it as if I'm above people. Mm. I look at it as if I'm right beside you. I'm trying to help guide you in that direction that you really want to go. Yeah. I don't think I'm Mr. Fucking God knows it all. Yeah. You know, I joke around on like a lot of these podcasts. I'm like my bearded wisdom, but I always make sure that people understand like, I don't have all the answers. Mm. You're just hearing from my own experiences. Yeah. So 
you can take it and run with it or you can, you know, leave it as is. But um, I'm so aligned with you and on yeah. that. And I think exactly what you said, strip away the title, strip away what you do, whatever, blah, blah, blah. There's an energy to you. There's an energy to the people that, where it clicks like that, mm-hmm. where you are, I hate to keep repeating this, but I, it's so, I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm a, I'm a very people's person at heart, but I can read and feel people's energy really, really quickly. And it, I like see a light. I see glow when I find people like yourself where it's like, you're just who you are. You're not putting on this facade, which there's a lot of that bullshit out mm-hmm. here where it's like, if I'm introducing myself to you and, and, and I haven't even asked what you do and you're just like, yeah, you know, I started this business. I do this, that I'm like, all right, yeah. this is not my type of person. That's you know, how I, the conversations out here go. And I've become aware of that. Yes. But if you, what I've realized is if you find what we talked about earlier, community, when you start surrounding yourself with the right community and the right people, you end up getting placed into these places where mm. that's not the number one thing. Yeah. There, all, there still will always be people that that's what it's all about, but you start surrounding yourself with people that what you do, it does not matter. Right. They're just very opening, opening and welcoming. And I weirdly, I might be wrong, but I have found that to be so true, especially in Venice. It is welcoming. It mm-hmm. is arms wide open. It is not about what you do. I used to think the dream was to live in WeHo, WeHo no. West Hollywood. Love West Hollywood. <laughs> love going over there different and having energy. fun. But it is different. Mm-hmm. It is which who are you? The glitz and the glam, yeah. valet at every restaurant, what car are you driving? Yeah. None of that shit is here. Yeah. This is like a very uh, expression, like loving community. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of like the times, and it's because it's an easy question when you're getting to, to know someone out here. It could, it could be anywhere, but I just know what's out here. Um, people will be like, so what do you do? Like, what are you, who are, like, what? It's usually like, what do you do? Yeah. And I've become aware of how I answer that because I'm totally. like, I'm like, I have fun. Mm. yeah or like or who are like what do you do for work and it's I, I'll, I'll always i'm like or some people will ask like how to describe me or something I'm, I'm forgetting like the question that's typically asked but it is literally that oh what do you do yeah literally, oh what do you do that's yeah. literally oh. it. <laughs> what, what do you do, do? <laughs> yeah. um or like introduce yourself whatever the fuck it is but instead of being like i'm lacy i like model i have a podcast like i'm into acting instead of saying all of those things they're almost like uh, things to really hide behind your feelings. Those are like surface level, like masks mm. almost. That those are, instead of saying like all of that, I'm like, I'm lacy. Um, I like to, I love music. Like I like to have mm. fun with my friends. I love to host. Um, I love to dance. Mm. Uh, just change, like I am statements, like mm. stuff like, or whatever. Like I am peace. Like I am happy. I am mm. love. I mean, that's a little hippy dippy, but no, you, you know. Yeah, that's good. I definitely try to, I, I think the issue can be is, I think it's okay to own what you do. Like I, yeah. you know, if somebody asks me, what do you do? I say, I just go, I work in the podcast space. And if they pry at me and they go, well, what do you, what do you mean? Like, then I'll go into a little bit more of the layers. But the other thing is like, sometimes you ask somebody what they do and it's like, sit back, relax. Cause they're about to go through their whole, yeah. like, oh yeah. It's just like. Oh, all right. I didn't ask for the full picture. I just wanted some context. To yeah, it, but we can we can change the question to "How are you?" Yeah. Instead of "What do you do?" How hey. do you feel today? Yeah. Yeah. How's your day been? Yeah. Yeah. I I also think too that 
when you can ask different questions, you stand out from the crowd. It's like, why is this mm-hmm. person, this person's on a different yeah. beat. To, they're, they're on a different wave. And it makes, it makes me, st- it allows me to keep note of like, all right, I need to keep tab on these people because they're, they don't care about what I do. Yeah. They just want to know me for who I am. Right. You know, you'll, it's like, you'll start to sniff out like what, what people's core values are without them even saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm on, I'm unapologetic. I don't want to say I cut people out, but I will unapologetically do it. And I won't tell you and I won't be a dick and I won't, I won't ever, um, ghost you and not like respond to your texts. Mm -hmm. But when I have made a decision in my mind and I realize somebody is not good for me i can't be that like energy yeah. can't be in my life unapologetic mm. it's just, it has to go it has to go that's a good trait because I'll, I'll let i still um, a little bit yeah a little trial and error see if they can make get themselves back to a good good situation i don't know i just hold on to people that i love even though if they don't i, I hear that even though i know it's not good for me yeah but i don't know it's something that i i work on i'm aware of but yeah. therapy <laughs> speaking of therapy <laughs> How has therapy uh, helped your wellness? Oh, so much. Uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like at this point, I don't need it for guidance at all. It's just really nice to be heard. Totally. You know, like to have someone fully presently hear you with no judgments or projections of their own opinions, because that's what you'll find a lot in some friendships. They'll always... A friend may or may not tell you, like, you should. I think you should. This is what I think. And that clouds my my judgment of what I want to do for my fucking life. Mm. And so to have a therapist just sit there and listen to me wholeheartedly for who I am and just challenge me with questions for with new perspectives, like... I just like to be heard because mm. um, it's not like I, I need it right now truly as a crutch, but I go in there and I'm like, bitch, like get ready. It's been two weeks. Like I got like an update. <laughs> like I talked to her like that. I'm like, sis. You come walking in with the popcorn already popped. Pop this open, sit back. We're, gonna, we're about to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And it's just, it's so nice. Um, but yeah, I, I did therapy a couple years ago when I was struggling with depression and I fucking hate that therapy is so goddamn expensive, first of all. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like, that pisses me off. Yeah. Like, oh, you're here for someone's well-being, but you're going to charge them 200 an hour? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> so that's why I stopped going a couple years ago, because I was like, I'm good. Like, I was like, I talk, I talk the whole time. Like, you don't get much talking time. <laughs> and so I started going again last uh. July, August, when I was in a relationship we started going to couples therapy mm. and I made sure to find a more spiritual therapist. Whoa. Uh, my last boyfriend wasn't spiritual at all. That was uh, one of the disconnects we had. Um, so there was like a little disconnect in therapy because spirituality makes him uncomfortable. It's a whole thing. But like, I'm like, uh. another, another podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Part two. Um, so I just, when we broke up, I just have kept going to see her uh, first it was every week then every two weeks now it's like every three weeks yeah uh, and it's just nice yeah i highly recommend yeah i i would definitely <clears throat> and maybe maybe there will be i think the one thing that's not allowing me to go is because i'm just like i don't want to pay this amount mm-hmm. of money um i i probably at some point would start doing it and i feel like the only reason i haven't yet is because i do solo podcasts every week and i kind of joke on the podcast but i'm like pretty authentic about it. it's like this is literally my therapy session mm. 
and I've gotten so comfortable with talking about pretty much anything yeah. that there is no holding back. And it actually mm. forces me when something is so like, so um, relevant in my life in this moment, that's I'm like, that's the solo pod topic of the week. So it's actually mm-hmm. in real time allowing me to get this shit off my chest yeah, and let it out there to the world. And it, yeah. obviously I'm not saying every person should be doing that. Yeah. For me, it's just like, I love it. I love it because I'm letting it out. But also, if I want to do this podcasting career at the highest level, the only way to do that for at least the world that I'm trying to, the path I'm trying to walk with, it's like helping people reach their potential, self-development. You could bucket it on a lot of different things. I got to walk that path with the people that are listening. Mm Because if I'm just like sitting back and only talking about all the good shit in my life, it's not relatable. Yeah. So... It's been interesting. Even the episodes that I've really opened up on some things that I was like, I cannot believe I'm about to publish this yeah. shit have been the most impactful podcast to date that I've gotten the most like mm-hmm. direct DMs and outreaches where I was like, damn, like. Because it's real. Fuck, yeah, it's real. So mm-hmm. it's, um, that's been my therapy session is like doing those on a weekly basis. And it gives me peace of mind, which is really, really helpful to my wellness and over, you know. Yeah. Health. I don't know what I've talked about with my therapist last Couple th- the fact that you even subtly just said like you you guys attempted couple therapy is like respect to you because <laughs> I feel like in LA dating it's like if shit ain't working people are just like see ya on to the next mm-hmm. which is so like yeah hat tip to you guys for even honestly getting to that. like I think that's why I stayed with part of the reasons why I stayed with him for so long because I never had a guy do that for me because I've always had guys really just walk away so easily and i was like whoa like whoa and he was the only guy that was willing to put in the work as much as i was and so it wasn't right and i knew that for months but i held on because it was admirable for how hard we fought for it that's crazy but with that being said like i held on for probably six months and i know i shouldn't have but it made the breakup so easy because i had nothing left yeah like i had absolutely nothing left in me to like think about regret like oh should i done and like i once i i had reached i was like i'm i can't like Mm. i literally can't but that also allows you to live the rest of your life knowing you tried yeah you didn't cut it too short right i have peace of mind that's the best part about it yeah what's been your experience with that just in general la dating because that is very much the the uh hot topic in the bearded man's life right now because definitely the first I would say the first, so I've been in LA for four years. Mm-hmm. First three years of living in LA, no such thing. Yeah. Um, I was just like head down trying to build my career. Had a heartbreak in college that like was the best thing that ever happened. It was like, all right, it's time to just go all in on yourself. Mm-hmm. Did that for three years. Was uh, ready to start throwing myself out there. Pandemic hits. I'm like, fucking sick. Here we go. Yeah. 12 months lockdown. So now it's like, I'm just starting to get a taste of it. And it's like unbelievable just people just are like have access to way too too many people so i almost feel like it's mm-hmm. pretty impossible to find something somewhat uh you know sustainable but i'm just curious yeah. what's that been for like for you you know i haven't had this thought until you were literally just speaking but i've had four relationships ever mm-hmm. uh i didn't get my first boyfriend until i moved to la when i was 18 um so honestly each boyfriend i've had is truly a reflection of where I was. Of the season of the life you were in. 
absolutely like mm. looking back at those four <clears throat> relationships those were four different versions of me mm. they were a mirror of me and i'm like wow that's kind of cool that's a good thing that means you were attracting like whoever you were at that time yeah like first boyfriend he was a model too mm-hmm. second boyfriend he was an influencer and th- those were truly the stages of my life mm. third boyfriend um entrepreneur legend and- <laughs> entrepreneur but we had a very <laughs> spiritual um relationship mm-hmm. and that was a reflection of where i was um that was powerful and mm-hmm. then the last relationship i was in I just think, I'm trying to think, like, what the fuck phase was that? That was when I was working at Bev. I had a a normal job. I remember, like, wanting a boyfriend with a normal job, like, quote. (laughs) And uh, Hey, you're um, cute. Do you have a normal job? No? Next. Truly, I had been, like, burnt. Like, I had been scarred from, like, I was like, oh, I don't want to date a model. I don't want to date an actor. I don't want to date an influencer. (laughs) Fuck an entrepreneur. I was just like, I was like, who has a nine to five? I could see on the side of the road with the fucking sign like anyone got a nine to five come come say what up and I was like oh my god this guy has a nine to five and he has time for me like whoa um and I I had a job oh myself my too god. so I it, it was like this I wanted this like normalcy yes that's like the the stereotypical like life right like yeah. both have a nine to five Maybe have dinner twice, three times a week. Yeah. Weekend, go for a hike and run you. Sunday, a little brunch. Do yeah. it all over again every week. It was fun for a second, but it, it's definitely like looking back on that, I, th- I had, it was a shower thought. I was like, hmm, that like it was truly one of the to- most toxic relationships I've ever been in. Sheesh. And I had no idea until a couple months after I, I yeah, it's, it's like a whole thing that I've been unpacking in therapy, but um had no idea how toxic it was until I was out of it. And uh, I stayed in that because I let the things happen, I guess, because my self-worth was so low. My vibration with him was so low and that I w- he was a mirror of where I was. Mm. Yeah. It's, cool. it's it's interesting that in uh, and I don't think I've like heard somebody say it like that, but like how the relationships have been like part of the seasons of the life you were in. Yeah. And very different. Yeah. I think it's cool. Um, I yeah. think it's really a, um, it's almost like a compliment to you because you were attracting whatever that phase was that you were in your life, which is, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool to see how that kind of happened. Yeah. I mean, right now, um, I really like this freedom I have. Freedom is one of my intentions for 2021. Mm-hmm. Internal freedom mm-hmm. and, and physical freedom. Have you been living that? Yeah. Six months in. It, eight months. Or I don't know. Oh, well, we're eight months. June. We're June. Six months. I broke up with him in November. Oh, wait, wait. I'm so sorry. I'm talking about... Oh. You said one of your intentions for 2021 yeah. was that. So I'm saying, have okay. you been living that since the start of the new year? Okay. I apologize. But in regards to like dating or like... Got you. Got you. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I, I've been really enjoying this this freedom and this like love I have for myself. Like truly when I got out of that relationship, he wasn't spiritual at all. Like I feel like that was being capped off. All of the shit just like started, fl- like truly insane things started happening to me spiritually, mm. uh, energetically, opportunities, like people coming into my life, people coming back into my life where it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. And it's like, well, my intuition has been right all along. Like mm. truly I feel powerful. Like I'm on a different vibration right now and I feel very protective of this version of me because mm. I know the one thing that could throw off my vibe is another person. 
Mm. I mean, I know. Unless it's somebody right. that's on the same wave. I know the right person will not take. They will only add and yes. it will become a powerhouse. Yes. I know that. Um, there's still a fear, like some fear. Cause I'm just like, I don't, I don't want, I'm like, no, like Lacey, like, I don't know. I'm just so protective of this where I'm at. Um, and so that's also like a really healthy way to look at it because I'm not like coming from a place of desperation or sadness or hurt. Like yeah. I'm truly just like living my life and things are attracting to me. So like, I think whoever, whenever, whatever it may be, will just come into my life because I'm not looking either. Yeah. I'm just like doing my, minding my own gold mine. Yeah, that I, I've definitely been somebody that hasn't been like in even pre the three years that I was out of like the dating game, even like in college, there was nothing that was like official. It was very like mm. seeing somebody for a substantial amount of time and then it would like move on. It wasn't ever, anything ever official. So I feel like and my sister included, we both have lived most of our lives without relationships. So it's always been an mm. interesting thing that we, we have in common with each other. I always tell her it's just because we're fucking snacks and we can't, these snacks. people, these people can't keep up with us. But yeah, I try and I trust to believe. And I see, I have seen it with um, people that I have a lot of respect for that um, by them following their passions and them trying to become the greatest version of themselves, mm -hmm. they've attracted the right person they've yeah. continued to just wake up every day better themselves and somehow some way because they're bettering themselves they're surrounded by the a better community which then opens this door and then all of a sudden they collide with somebody that mm -hmm. is in that within that community that thinks the same way that is very similar in mindset yeah. so i try to trust and believe the same thing where it's like as long as i just i can control my own destiny Mm -hmm. I can't control how somebody feels about me. So yeah. what happens when I just go all in on where I want to go mm -hmm. and then hopefully find somebody that is kind of going at the same route Yeah, and I'm not needing their happiness to be happy or I'm right. not needing them right. for the happiness. They don't need mm -hmm. me for happiness. It just enhances each other because mm -hmm. we're both on a very similar path. Yeah. I'd say um, I'm excited for whatever my next relationship will look like because I'm learning so much mm -hmm. and I learned so much um, from my last relationship, I just have so many boundaries for myself. That's now. great though. And like my communication skills are like so good, especially because of my past relationship. Like I, my self-worth just shot up That's and great. like, I'm so protective of my body and my energy That's great. where it's just like, I'm excited to see what relation what my next relationship is going to look like because it's going to be so different and it's going to be unique to what works for us best yeah that's, yeah that's beautiful it's yeah gonna be, it's gonna be something fucking great yeah we need to talk about oh here we go <laughs> unbelievable title by the way wow um <laughs> let's ladies and gentlemen you, you got to check out the podcast but let's just give you if you've never heard of the podcast let's just give you a taste of the podcast just solely based on the title of some of the pod apps how to do threesomes getting queer up in here <laughs> ethical fuck boy <laughs> let's talk only fans oh, wow. and open relationships what was the intent and inspo for launching this podcast and it's you and your co-host stephanie who you've talked about um a couple times on the podcast who you met through uh photography and yeah so <clears throat> she initially started it um last year and she was doing it by herself and then she stopped it because uh, the pandemic, Black Lives Matter was going on. Uh, she went through a breakup. And I mean, she didn't have many episodes at all. But Stephanie and I, she um, is a successful wedding 
uh, she's just a successful photographer in general, not just weddings anymore. Um, she's a huge wedding photographer, like very well known, especially like in the South. Um, and so she's constantly traveling. I'm out here constantly traveling, meeting people. And we have so many interesting conversations with people. And so we, Stephanie and I talk all the motherfucking time. (laughs) And the conversations we were having with people and each other are just like, these are so interesting. And there were so many topics that we were and are curious about that I'm like, people should be listening to this. Mm. Um, And I feel like Stephanie and I've always said that vulnerability is one of my powers. And it's really cool that I get to bring that into the workspace with the podcast. Um, and so she, she's like, <sighs> like I was telling you when we ran into the gro- each other at the grocery store, hard fucking worker. <laughs> like, I'm very much like, yeah, I have a thought. And then I'm like, oh, like whenever, like that, I, I'm not, I'm not, she is a manifester. She will have a thought and make it come to fruition within the hour. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, whatever, it'll happen. <laughs> And so with the podcast, she brought it to my attention. She was like, do you want to do the podcast with me? I was like, sure. Bitch bought the mics and the setup the next day. And I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck. Like, we're actually doing this. So that's kind of how it came together. Um, But, I mean, it has been so fun. One, on the, the topic side of things, we're actually getting to bring on guests that can educate us about topics that we're really curious about. That's great. Um, and they're fun conversations and like the titles that you just read, they're so like almost like alarming and shocking. And especially from our Arkansas conservative background, they push the limits. Oh yeah. People down there don't talk publicly. I don't even know if they talk in private about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so for us to bring it, um, to the public, in a, I guess a genuine way because yeah. we're like truly just curious uh, has been really cool. Like the feedback we've gotten has been so fulfilling, mm. but on the creative side of things, that has been so fun. Like to bring my personality to life through art and like the photo shoots has been so fucking fun. Yeah. Like I, I really do take pride in our, our little Instagram because yeah. there's so much art and personality <clears throat> in it. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, this is a very important medium for you just based on <clears throat> how much you have to say mm-hmm. and like your outgoing personality and uh, a lot of the work you've done up until this point before entering the podcast space. And I know you, you have the YouTube background, so you probably mm-hmm. already got a taste of like yeah. having a platform to kind of speak your thoughts and share it. But even yeah. then, YouTube is very cut and paint like you know yeah. it's clipped around edited a little bit here and yeah. there i think a lot of the stuff you've done on youtube is very much just like hit record podcast, yeah cut out uh come like the dead space or whatever but this medium makes so much sense for you because it's allowing you to showcase who mm-hmm. you are yeah and then it's allowing you to just like share and talk about these things that you already genuinely want to talk about it's interesting like how old are you take a guess 28 nope close though 32 no. no 27 27 okay i didn't know i know okay it's a beard it gives me a couple of years <laughs> uh but I, I grew up in just right on the cusp of like i guess social media like i grew up with youtube and i would make little youtube videos um like music videos like i loved like making basically what tiktok is mm. i would do that growing up mm. like from a young start bullet i was bullied for those two like goddamn goddamn 
Look, so, at, look at you now. I know. Fucking haters. Um, Where y'all at now? They're probably listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> truly. Truly. Um, but as far as, uh, you, like you said, I've had the YouTube, I would express my feelings on there. And I I think like younger, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said some things because I, I feel like part of me is like, oh, that was very attention seeking. So kind of regret some of that. But I'm like, why did I turn to the internet to express my feelings? Like, why? Mm. You know, and I think I've, from a young age, found a safe space in the internet, which I find a lot of people are, especially like people who have grown, like little kids, like TikTokers. It's like a safe space for them, especially like I didn't feel seen, understood, or validated through my, my environment that I was raised in, through my parents. So I turned to the internet from a very young age. Yeah, and so here that's why it's so easy for me to open up like this now 24 on a podcast and talk about these things because the things like having a threesome that goes against like my all of my parents religious beliefs like my mom actually sent me like a really like not great text message last week about that like asking me to promise her to never uh, um perform or condone any sexual acts with another woman it is not what god has made us to do like don't lower yourself to acting like an animal just like shit that i was just like no i understand where her because the environment she was raised in and where she's at i understand yes but like no what you you just said that was the most important thing is is being able to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else like i have a lot of empathy for people Mm -hmm. even if you're disrespectful I, to me, if somebody's like disrespectful to me talking shit, I immediately just go, oh, I feel bad for them. Mm. It's they're a product of where they were raised. Projections. Yes. So not to cut you off, but that's yeah, great. No. That's great. Yeah. So it's like, I think a couple years ago, especially when I was on the brink, when I first started doing psychedelics for the fi- first time, I was in the festival scene. I was like p- becoming my own person. And it was a person that my parents and my family were not comfortable with me becoming because it's not what they wanted for me Mm. and so we had like a huge like falling out like i didn't talk to my mom for a year things with my dad were bad like my sisters like and it it was all that to 2017 2018 um is this part of the why you were in the depression or is this mm -hmm. so that was like my most spiritual year and i was on this life high of like truly feeling like the most me like the most me the most loving the most forgiving the most accepting and my parents hated it and i was like i don't understand like i i feel like me like what and it it was like it was it was dark like uh there were suicidal thoughts involved um and it, it was just a scary time um but yeah like i've grown to this place i used to care so much about what my my family thought and like what i did and now I'm just like, I don't give a fuck what y'all think. Like, yeah, you're blood, but like, this is my life. This mm. is my experience. This is my life to live. Not yours. This is mine. Mm. So like, even with this podcast, it goes back to my intention for the year. We started the podcast in 2021, January, 2021. That's freedom. That is total freedom to speak about the things that I do. Mm. Like, and to not care what my mom has to say about it mm. or to care. Like, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Like, this is my experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's exactly why you got to be in the podcast space and just keep fucking going because uh, yeah. it's only going to bring more opportunities. And 
like I told you, it's just an incredible networking tool where you're just going to be able to reach out to people that you've already wanted to have conversations with. And this is going to be the platform to actually do it. Yeah. And the titling is great. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, here we go. Uh, here we go. Yeah. You're going to catch yourself saying that in combos now. You'll always think of me. Yep. You'll, you'll, think, you'll think of lazy every time you say it. I'll have that uh, linked up and I, I highly suggest uh, people go check out the podcast. It's I've listened to a bunch of clips and I've checked out some of the episodes and it's uh it's what you need. It's one thing that I'm really proud of because I think, I don't know, for I guess well over a year now, two years maybe, I've struggled with like this, like almost vanity. Well, I guess three years since that depression when I felt like I had no purpose. I was like, what in the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm a model, okay, but like I'm posting pictures of myself. Like, why? Like, why? Like, for who? Like, for me? Do I need this validation? No, but I feel like it's because I should be doing it because people think I'm a model. And I'm an influencer and I'm holding products that I don't give a fuck about. Like, so I'm like lying to people like, oh, it's my favorite gummy. Like, eh. like, I was like, what am I doing? And so it has, I've just had this like major shift, especially over quarantine up until now, because I still like to model and create because it's a form of expression mm-hmm. and creativity. But uh, I, I used to struggle a lot. And I still do sometimes with like, how people perceive it. I just get in my head of like, oh, do I look conceited? Like, oh, do I, this is this is vain. Is this too much? Like, yeah, that is, it's just a, a grooming I had to make myself smaller to like mm. uh, make myself less powerful. Like, oh, is this too much? Mm. Like, you know, that's it's like no, like Lacey, stand in your power. Like, you are who you are. Like, stand in your voice, stand in your ground. Like, step into your power is like things that I've been practicing. Um, but the podcast is something I'm for like truly for one of the first things i guess i'm 24 i'm still young i have more things to be proud of but like this is the thing that i'm really proud of because it's me Mm. like it's not about like how pretty i am or like what i have or what the fuck i'm doing it's just me yeah and that's something i'm really proud of yeah that's beautiful and the core and the also what i love about uh podcasting Yes, it's great to have the visuals, but the core of it, what is the tr- what has always been the true purpose of a podcast? It's a conversation. Yeah. It's just listening. Like yeah. of course, if if somebody wants to do it in a studio, high production, have cameras, it's great. Please, please, mm-hmm. please. But at its core, what are you doing? You're listening to a conversation. Yeah. And that's to me, yeah, it's the beautiful thing of um if a place that you can learn. The most learning I've done in the last five years has just been listening. Yeah. From, from conversations like this to mm-hmm. me listening to other podcasts. Yeah. Solely listening. Dude, I've learned so much through my podcast. Yeah. Like th- these six months, like I, my mind is just more open. Yeah. Like, I mean, the threesome thing, like, like lesbian sex, like open, re- fuck boy. Yeah, open relationships. It's things that I've never like talked about or learned about or considered. And now I'm like, hmm. Mm. Let's, let's bring an expert on. Let's let's have a conversation about this. Yeah, like I'm like, wait, I did. I've never heard these perspectives before. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm gonna be listening to a lot more of these episodes, and I highly suggest you guys and gals do the same. Yeah. Final questions for you. Uh, what's an area of your life you need to put more effort into? <sighs> Loaded question. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. The sigh in that one. Shots, motherfucking fired. <laughs> An area of my life that I need to put more work into. Yep. Hmm. I've been so busy. I'm really happy with the the amount of work that I'm putting into my acting career. That's mm. been really fun. Mm. But I think one thing that has been lacking that I still 
feel bad about sometimes is I'll spend, I love to provide for my friends. Like I truly do love to do the absolute fucking most for them. Um, I'm a lover. Like I, I, I became the mom of the friend group and this is irrelevant to the answer and I'll answer in a second. But I recently heard like as a child, you become the thing that you needed most. And I just realized I made the connection this week and I was like, am I so motherly? Because I didn't have like the best mother or like a really big mother role in my life. Mm. So I became the mother. And so that's why I like take care of my friends. Anyways, uh, I think like one area is my family. I have, I feel bad sometimes that I'll spend all the time, money, trips, travel on my friends. And I'm like, go home, like go see your sisters, like Mm. go spend time with your dad. Like, they're older. They're only getting older. Like mm-hmm. that. That's one area that, like, kind of like p- pulls at my heart. Like, there's this guilt almost, um, yeah. and I feel bad for not doing it or like it always being on my mind because it'll it'll pop up and I'm like, fuck, like, uh, why haven't I done that yet? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I don't have the answer, and I find myself very much having that same conversation where it's like I go back twice a year. Yeah, it's not enough. You know, yeah. but it's like at the same time, like, wow, I'm having the best moments of my life in LA. Mm-hmm. My parents support like, go have fun, go do your thing. Like we know yeah. you have a, a time of your life, but then I'm like, they're getting older. You know, mm-hmm. my grandparents health isn't getting better. It's like, yeah. So I, I should be doing a better job, but I try not to beat myself up with yeah. how I also recognize that even if I'm not going home as much, I still can communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, you know what? I could say to myself that I would have a better relationship with them if I lived down the street, but mm. I think I might have a better relationship with them 3,000 miles away than some people that I know that live down the street from their parents. Right. So who's to say what is right and what is wrong? But mm-hmm. I think it's oh, it's definitely tough when you're not living as easily accessible to mm-hmm. wherever that family lives. Yeah, because my sisters get to see them more than I do. Mm. Um, but one thing that my dad and I connect on is stocks recently nice yeah stocks stocks that's a that's another fucking podcast (laughs) so what's uh what's the first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential oh another loaded question Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's so many things that the first step whoa god damn I don't know. I might change my mind, but the first thing that came to my mind, I'm just going to run with it, is just weed out the bullshit. And I, I don't like how open-ended that is, but that's the first thing I heard. Um, when you say weed out the bullshit, what are the first things that come in your mind? What What are the weeds that need to be? You know, actually, uh, this kind of goes along with that, is w- becoming aware of your core values. Because that's a, a lot. I feel like a lot of people don't even know. But when you bring attention to your core values and your life starts to trickle through those and life can become easier. Like mine are freedom, happiness, love. So hippy-dippy of me. Mm. But like I'll ask myself, does this bring me freedom, happiness, love? Does it give freedom, happiness, love? And if it doesn't, no, we're not doing it. So like those at the top of my mind, at the top of my pyramid, like that it just really fil- filters my life. Um, mm-hmm. So just becoming aware of like your core values and making that um, they're just they just become like how you live. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you'll start to attract 
people with other aligning values. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. What, um, one challenge for the listeners today, if they made it through an hour and 10 minutes of this podcast, what is one challenge you have for the listeners today after they finish listening to this podcast? A challenge. Yeah. A little challenge. Ooh. Hmm. Um, I guess two, two little things. Uh, do you like, can you sit in your stillness? Mm -hmm. Because I think the secret is in the stillness. A lot of people, this, this world that we've built is, was built to distract us. We're so busy. So go, go new, next lights, camera, action, like all this fucking shit that keeps us from spending time with ourselves in silence and your thoughts. So can you spend time with yourself and what does your inner child need? Like, what does that five-year-old self need? Like envision you as you are today and then envision you holding your five-year-old self's hand. What do they need right now? Like mm -hmm. look them in the eye, pick them up, like tell them what they need to hear, what you want needed to hear as a kid. Um, and just see how that makes you feel. Mm, that stillness is so crucial. Yeah. But it's unbelievable that when you you imagine that you have to be go, go, go and moving in mm -hmm. order to make progress. Yeah. But in reality, the stillness allows you to reassess the direction you're going. Yeah. You're always driving down the road that's going the wrong direction. You're never going to get to the right place because you're mm. going the wrong direction. Yeah. You have to actually slow down. And that's been... COVID has shown me the importance of stillness in my life. Yeah. Non-negotiable. Like I'm a very routine person that pretty much Monday, like Sunday night through like Thursday, you're probably not going to see me. I'm just like here. That's when I do my work, balance everything else like business wise. And then it's the weekends where I'm like switch, turn mm -hmm. a gear. Yeah. Go be social, be Mr. Butterfly, like social butterfly, yeah. extrovert, go, go, go. But if I don't have that stillness and I'm always running, going to a dinner, going here, going on a hike, working out, mm -hmm. like it, my mind is just, it doesn't have time to like reflect and think about everything in life. So mm -hmm. yeah, the stillness to me is crucial. And then, you know, reflecting on the inner child is really, that's a good one too. Yeah. And I've been doing a lot of inner child work. Yeah. And it's cute. Like it's, it's cute. it makes me cry. I'm just like, I see like little Lacey and I'm like, oh. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> little Lacey. Well, Lacey, this has been uh such a pleasure. Such a such a great conversation. I knew uh there was not a question in my mind that this conversation wasn't gonna be great. Um and like I told you, you know, immediately when I just skimmed and kind of like got a gist just through your content, I don't know if it's cause uh I'm a people's person or what, but like I could feel I was like, all right, this is a girl that is just her herself unapologetically. I didn't really know much of your story. <laughs> And I was like, got to do a podcast with her, wow. reached out, locked it in. And then it's like when I start prepping, I'm like, okay, I see the end product, but like, let's figure out how did she get here? And you start mm. peeling the layers back and you mm -hmm. start hearing and learning about the the stories of how you got to where you are today. And I was just like, this is going to be fucking great. This is going to be an awesome conversation. So uh, really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, 
yeah, this is just really good. And I think this is going to be a really good one for the people that listen to it. Oh, wow. This means so much to me. Thank you so much. I, I just feel elated. I feel energized, actually. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I do feel energized um, and just so complimented. Thank you for listening to me. I mean, this is absolute <laughs> pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I got a little favor to ask for you from you. Screenshot this episode on whatever platform you are listening in on. Post it to your IG story. You got to tag Lacey. She's at the Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y, Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E. Cute. Tag her. <laughs> tag me at Bob A. That's B-O, three B's, four A's and a Y. Share out the podcast on your IG story. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was, what the learning was. I would be very, very curious, especially with everything we covered today. What did you learn? And uh, let me know what that was. As well as in the description of the podcast, I will have um, her podcast linked up. Oh, here we go. You need to check it out. They also have an Instagram handle that is at O-H-H-H-E-R-E, we go. Oh, here we go. It'll be linked up in the description below. And make sure you guys and gals go check that out. Is there anything else that you last minute need to plug or uh, gotta hit everything? I don't think so, but I, I need to start doing whatever the fuck you just did. <laughs> I never do that. We're like, bye. <laughs> We could talk about that. <laughs> this is years in the making, so I, I, I've learned the do's and don'ts, cool, but cool, uh, cool. we'll talk about it after. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. It's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya. Love you.